Hey guys, welcome to Classic Sundays. Um, I'm here with Keisha and Chantel, and this week we watched 12 Angry Men. Um, it is about 12 jurors um, that must deliberate with a guilty verdict, meaning death for the accused, an inner city teen, as the dozen of men try to reach a unanimous decision while sequestered in a room, one juror cast considerable doubt on elements of the case personal issues soon rise to the surface and conflict threatens to derail the delicate process that will decide on the boy's fate so it's very interesting um so let's just jump right in all right it was my movie um i personally enjoyed this movie um i i feel like a lot of like the jurors um gave like me emotional range like some jurors i'm like okay like you're being very annoying right now or <laughs> like i really wanted to like punch one of the jurors and then mm-hmm. um one i felt like super sad for because like he kept just getting kicked every time he like opened up his mouth um and i don't know like the plot of the story itself like at first like i didn't know what was happening because they didn't explain anything about the case so like you're going into this like not knowing anything so like you don't have a bias already so you're like coming in and you're learning everything while they're speaking about like what happened um i actually kind of really like that i thought that was like a smart decision to do because you're not um you're not already having like a predetermined decision in your head of like if he's guilty or not and then um when they're trying to like do points i don't know like i i definitely like enjoyed it like i there were like moments where I'm like like I'm snapping my fingers and I'm like yes like yes um so I personally really enjoyed this movie um so I don't know how about you guys how did you feel I agree I really liked this one and I I like the point you made about how we went in unbiased we knew nothing about the case I liked that because then you could focus more on the plot line of like the actual jurors and their Mm -hmm. storyline and like their dynamic of trying to determine whether he was guilty or innocent and going over the facts of the case and then slowly we get little glimpses of what they had seen during the trial yeah so i really liked it i liked it as well for that i don't know to me though a little bit i um okay so i also thought that was kind of cool and i liked seeing the different perspective and like the behind the scenes of like what it's like kind of to be like on a jury i don't know in a little in a way, though, this one didn't hit it super hard for me. Like, I thought they did well, and it was a good, acclaimed movie. Um, and as I did, like, fun facts research, like, I, you know, respect it, of course. But I don't know. It was kind of monotone for me. Hmm. Like, I, I I, got it, and it was cool, like, behind the scenes. But I don't know. There, I The whole time, I just felt like there was something missing. But I don't know what that something was. Okay. No, no, no. Like, I I kind of, there was a point where I did kind of, like, zone out where I don't, like, I, like, kind of lost interest. But then, like, when I put my phone down and actually, like, focused on the movie, like, I got back into it. And that's when I was just like, okay, this is actually a really good movie. Um, I think because, like, the beginning was very kind of running, like, run on. Um, It was very slow to start. And I think that's probably, like, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's how I was feeling. And then when I got into it, I was just like, oh, okay, this is actually pretty good. Like, um, I felt like there was a lot of good back and forth between the jurors, like juror, tw- um, like 12 was like always talking. And then, um, juror three, uh, was always like, he always gave like good, like 
just like snippets of like information and then juror 10 he always like in my mind I um what I said was juror 10 has unresolved issues with his son so I feel like that's why he was the last person to oh wait not juror 10 um juror three yeah three I think one wait wait which one was one two three four sorry juror four was the one that has unresolved issues with his son and that's why he was the last person to like convert to a not guilty verdict because like he still had like that he had a fight with his son he hasn't spoken to him to two years and like you could see that there was like conflict there that like he did not want to give a non-guilty verdict to this kid because he reminded him of his son too much and like it's probably because like he also fought with his son and he had a similar relationship so the thought that like a son could do that to a father I think that's why he was like holding up on that guilty and he was so like adamant that this kid was guilty um at least in my mindset I don't know if you guys like caught that or not I noticed that but I took it more as like maybe he was just a very proud person Mm-hmm. And he had initially said guilty and then everyone slowly had changed their vote. And he was just one of those people that didn't want to change his mind, wanted to stay firm with his initial verdict that I took it more as that, but I definitely did um, see what you're saying there with like little glimpses of um, some sort of history with his son going on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Keisha. I saw it more in the same viewpoint as Keisha, but once I was like reading through fun facts later and also just that last little tidbit of the movie, I was like, Oh, well, I mean, I guess that could have been, but it didn't feel like it was the driving factor because it just popped up for like two seconds at the end when he was like crying. I think cause um, for me, it was when he show- mentioned his son the first time and like, he like sat there and like looked at the photo. Like he walked by the cooler and he just stood there for like a couple minutes looking at this photo. And that's where it kind of clicked in my head why he felt that way. Um, it was right you're after right, that. You're right though. Alyssa, you're right though. Oh really? After, oh, okay. Afterwards, yeah, that, that was one of the main reasons why he held off so long. Could also oh. be pride too. But that was one of the reasons. I just didn't see it as much. No, no. It makes I sense. Guess. Um, my actually my th- question for you though, um, because of how bad they were talking about kids um, that like were grown like in their words slums, but like in a not good neighborhood, um, they were just bad mashing them, like saying that they never will amount to much. They only are good for like n- like killing people and like doing drugs and stuff. And like you as a person that actually like teaches kids that are not in like the best neighborhoods, like how did you feel about that? Like I, even I was getting like kind of like like antsy and I felt bad for juror number five because like you know he was from the slums and he even mentioned it and they're still going on about how like trash they are that like if they're born in those areas and like they're just born to be like that and I don't know how you felt about you know listening to that and you know being with kids like they're not like that but obviously they're you know biased opinions yeah I took it as a grain of salt because I was like I mean this is a movie but also that sad to say that is a, a stereotype that is thrust upon them, you know, um, a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's not true. So I just brush it off. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually one of my favorite, um, favorite scenes in this movie is actually when I believe juror number 10, he just went on this like racist, like, 
like speech and he was just going at it and going at it and then you can just notice like the way that the um director did this was amazing to me um he had just everyone kind of slowly get up um that were completely at like against his opinion and like they would turn their backs on him and then the people that were still at the table you know that they still harbored the same feelings but they did not like voice their opinion and so those ones stayed at the table but the ones that were completely against it like like got out of the table and turned their backs until this guy kind of like stopped and realized like like he was trying to justify so you'd walk around be like no no like and then he realized like he's alone so he had the the director had him get from the table and go sit on his own table basically Mm -hmm. like showing that he was alone in this issue he was separated and then everyone went back to the table and then that guy stayed at the table alone and I don't know like I thought that was like beautiful like directing because like it's just not saying it obviously like you know he's alone he's in his own like little corner and everyone else is together and I don't know I thought that was um very like I don't know. I love that scene in the movie. I don't know if you guys caught yeah, that. Yeah, I did too. The, that was... one struck me as a really good scene. Yeah, great visual. Yeah, I like that one. I'll actually take a moment, since I had several fun facts for later, I'm going to mm-hmm. take a moment to bring one in now that you brought that up. Um, okay. The ethnic background of the teenage suspect was actually deliberately left unstated for the purpose of the film. The important facts were that he was not of Northern European ancestry and that prejudice or lack of it from some jurors would be a major part of the deliberation process. So they deliberately did not want to make it known that basically this teenager was probably not white. No, that's why like I loved going into not like I was annoyed a little bit not knowing what was happening. But then I think that that was like the best part for like viewers is to not know anything about this juror. I mean, not juror, but the accused and like not know anything about the story. Cause then you kind of, you're unbiased on what's happening. And then you have like a, I don't know, you come to like the deliberation, like not the, the verdict. Um, we're completely unbiased. Um, like, I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does. Yeah. Yeah. But um, let's see. What other notes do I have? Um, I love how, oh, it was juror number five or was it juror number four? Well, the one that was had like trouble with his kid. Um, I enjoyed how he would always prove himself wrong. And so when they kind of gassed him up um, and like he snaps and he's like, I'll kill you, I'll kill you. And then the other juror was like, no, you don't really want to do it. And he made a point. And so like everyone was silent after, I don't know. Like I just love, these little tidbits in this movie of how you can contradict yourself and how you can prove yourself wrong and that like you can't mm-hmm. have this bias I don't know I just really love this movie so like I have like these little like side notes of, about almost everything I did yeah I really like this movie and I also love um documentaries on crime any kind of court case like recently I've just been watching some YouTube channel where they'll go over just uh interrogation videos So I'm always Mm -hmm. fascinated by all this and it's really interesting to see the outcomes of these cases and specifically like when the juries all get together and sometimes I'm like, I just don't understand how this person could have got off or whatever my opinion is. So then it was fun to watch this movie just days after I just went on this binge of all of these um, court cases. But I just kept thinking about how, I mean, even this older movie, now I feel like media more gets in your head. 
I mean, they had a preconceived notion of what they thought of this boy, the area he grew up in. They already had sort of convicted him in, in their head, despite the fact that the facts presented before them didn't really um, convict him for, you know, for sure. There was definitely reasonable doubt. And I feel like today it's kind of the same situation, but maybe it's more so from the media that gets in your head, like this person's guilty. They did it. You've already, you know, formed your opinion before the case is even being tried. And I yes. just was thinking about how jurors go into cases all just like this movie where they already have it in their head, uh, what they think about this person. And then it, it's almost like you have to change their mind like this one juror did in the movie. He was the one that stood up and was like, can't we at least discuss it? I mean, you, you've all they, voted without talking about it. They all honestly came to their conclusion, though. I wonder if it would have switched things up or made a difference if, like, was like someone was like trying to pay him off or something like that like to oh, be like add like some a, like corruption yeah like, to it. like this is the decision that you know you need to make and i'll pay you to make this decision mm-hmm. basically i wonder if that would have been add some drama into it yeah yeah that'd be like someone from like a rich family i would see that but since it's like a slums family like i i like, I get that. Like, if they remade the movie with, like, a rich kid, that would have been a 100%, like, a different verdict. Like, you know, like, because they would have done that. Like, it would have been very fast. Like, um, but, but it would it would have been interesting to see them also still convince that person to change their mind as well. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, even I if it was just, like, a, like, you get 25 bucks if you say this. Well, 25 bucks back then was a lot. Because um, this yeah. movie, well, when is it set in? was it 57 yeah 57 um yeah but no i actually agree with um keisha because i feel like a lot of the stuff right now depending on what media source you watch you're gonna have two different opinions on everything so you're already like going into a case knowing what's happening and even jurors you can't get away from that because you're obviously not um a juror yet when media starts hitting about this stuff so you're kind of already know what's going on before you get into the courtroom because obviously you know, news travels fast. Um, so I definitely agree with you. Like right now, at least it's, it's hard to like not be biased going into a courtroom. Um, Another point he made was he made mention of the defense team, not asking the right questions. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, well, you know, we heard the witnesses, we heard all of this, like they're definitely guilty sort of thing. And then he's like, well, I felt the defense team didn't maybe ask all of the questions. There's questions I would have liked to know the answer to. And that's another good point that, um, unfortunately, in the court of law, you're only as good as your defense team or prosecution team. If they don't ask the right questions or they, you know, yeah, drop the ball a little bit. Unfortunately, that's the only version of events that the jurors are able to hear. Yeah. And, you know, like he probably got like a court appointed defender. Like he's not a, like he, he did get, get appointed. If, uh, they did appoint yeah. one that was brought up. Not he, like, they were saying that. They're saying that he went in and kind of half-assed it, you know, on behalf of that teenager, basically assuming that he wasn't going to win the case, so he didn't try very hard. Yeah, the fact that the one juror had to go over the facts and be like, oh, but this doesn't make sense, and like, let's time this out, and he had to go over all the details of the case and really break it down how like this falls through, this wouldn't make sense, this wouldn't happen this way. 
that's obviously something that the defense lawyer should have done, but clearly somehow that didn't happen. Yeah, I believe he's juror number eight. Yeah, juror number eight, I believe, was the guy that um, was the one that was defending him. And I felt like he just did a better like job as the defense um, on the kid because like he brought up like how the old man like he had a stroke and he was limping. Like how the hell could he have walked so quickly when he himself couldn't get to the pulpit fast enough? You know, like mm-hmm. so he brought that up and like it was all just and the witness across the street yeah. that like, woke up no glasses and yeah. could somehow see with a freight train driving across as well i mean there's like exactly and then the whole like knife thing too which is like i mean hello like obviously like there you go there's a weapon anyone can have this weapon and i don't know like it was just a lot of and then like the whole movie um aspect with i I forgot which juror it was i think it was juror number like three or four i don't remember um which one it was but the one that was not sewing the whole entire time like he made a point it was very like it was a big point in the movie that this guy was not hot while all the other guys were like sweating it out. He was very like, like secure in his decisions. Like that's like, I think that's why like they made him not like sweat. And so when he um got uh like when juror number eight was talking to him and saying like, Hey, like, you know, um, like have have when was the last time you went to a movie and then like he went like through a whole week and then like he obviously then was questioning well what's the name of the movie okay what's the name of the second movie that you watched that night and then the guy had like trouble remembering it then he was like okay well what about you know the the actors in it and he he couldn't answer and then you can notice like a bead of sweat like it was just one bead of sweat going down his forehead and i felt like that was very beautiful like visual like where you can see that now he has he started doubting things and I, I don't know, like, I thought that that was very, um, very interesting to put into the movie and how they did that and how they like, I don't know, I, I really enjoyed the director and how he just in general made this movie with the small little details in there was very great. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I agree with all of that. I thought it was really well done. I just liked the focus on just the jurors like Mm -hmm. the fact that you're paying attention to which one's sweating and when I mean that was really the whole movie was just the jurors deliberating the entire time and I enjoyed that no definitely agree with you but yeah for the ending though I don't know I felt like I know why they didn't do it but for me I felt like I wish I would have known you know how they ended it and they basically were like okay well we're going to tell the judge that we think he's not guilty. But then you never truly like see afterwards, like the reaction here. Was he not like, you know, was there another list of suspects that are proposed? You know, like the, I, I guess it just kind of ended at that. And I get why it ended like that. So it was open-ended. So it's like, truly, did they make the right decision or not? But I don't know. I, I feel like that lack of true closure was just like, what do you mean? Know, Cause like, usually once you get the non-guilty verdict the um the defendant just leaves like he's free to go there's no extra like um cases there's no I know, more but deliberating like, there was no not that in a true juror case like when you're doing this like that you would ever be able to do this but like you you never truly knew if they made the right decision or not oh so you like you didn't see it like if like like, I guess, like, a flashback of who actually killed him is basically what you're saying. Like, you never got 
the actual killer or at least like a confirmation of like the courtroom agreeing be like okay all right not guilty like we we see your reasons your reasons are valid there's well, just no in a matter they don't the go into just- that yeah they don't go into yeah. that in a courtroom I've- so yeah. you know the conclusion is not guilty. That's what they they ended the movie with the jurors all in agreement of not guilty. So they didn't yeah. really need to show that in the courtroom because you know that's what happened. Yeah, because like they I don't know, like yeah. in the actual courtroom they don't go through what the jurors like found out. That you just kind of get the verdict and then everyone claps or like cries and then everyone leaves. Like there's no like here's our reasoning to why um, we're saying not guilty. So that's why I'm like just a little bit. Like, no i get that i don't know i just you just wanted i guess more. i yeah i wanted more i kind of get what you're saying a little bit because part of me when the credits were rolling and they were still talking a little bit in the background like in the courtroom part of me mm-hmm. was hoping to hear like we the jury find the defendant not guilty and like i was waiting to hear that to hear if there was like a gasp or like any kind of reaction in the room but they didn't do that so I kind of get what you're saying a little bit, Chantel, because I was also yeah. like, hmm, I wonder if I'm going to like, I knew they wouldn't show it just because they showed nothing in the courtroom at the beginning. I didn't expect to see anything at the end. But part mm-hmm. of me was hoping maybe to hear them at least announce it, like the judge announced what the verdict was, even though I already knew what it was going to be, just to hear it and see if there was any kind of reaction at all, like sound wise. I think that they didn't do that because they didn't want they, they wanted to leave it in on like an open note like you know do you still think that the jury like made the right decision do you think that you know he was guilty instead like kind of leaving it open-ended so you don't get the that com that con- that confirmation from like the the crowd i guess yeah that's why like the, i mean for me like i enjoyed the ending of it because it, it left you off on like a, a somber note um, cause with the rain and how the jurors kind of just didn't even talk except for the two that like agreed with each other in the beginning. Um, they all kind of just kind of left in the rain. Um, it was very somber feeling. You kind of get like the, the note of like, is this the correct decision? It was just very like, I don't know, like that's why I enjoyed the ending of it. I thought that that was like a perfect ending. Cause like just the mood of the last scene of them walking away kind of made you sit back and be like, okay, like was this the right decision? At least for me, that's why like I didn't have a problem with the ending. Um, but I, I do kind of see where you're coming from as to like um, the closure. You didn't really get it. But like, I don't know. I think that's why um, he left it off like that without even having like a, a court scene was that you don't get that closure because you actually don't know if they made the right decision. Right. Well, I agree with you. I'm glad they didn't do the court scene. I just meant like when the credits were rolling, yeah, how yeah, you were yeah. No. like, yeah, just listening wise. I don't know. Part of me was like kind of hoping to hear something, even though it wouldn't give you any closure necessarily. It was just to hear, I don't know, them actually announce the verdict. No, I got you. No, I got you with that. What you guys are talking about with it. But yeah, no. More than fine with how it ended as well. Like I didn't need that piece. It's just I was waiting for it just in case it happened. Yeah. And I think that's also because like um, Chantal didn't like have like she didn't like it as much as I think um, I did and, or you did. So that's mm-hmm. why I feel like for her, like um, at least don't like, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but like, she, like I feel like the closure might've made it a better movie. Like if they had more kind of um, courtroom scenes, like it pro- maybe would have been a better movie. Cause I, I do see where she's coming from. Um, Cause I feel like 
if I didn't like the like small tidbits because I loved Law and Order when I was growing up like those things like like I just enjoy the like the small details so that was enough for me but I definitely see where she's coming from where if they just had a little bit more I felt like this movie would even be better um and I I agree with her like if it just had just small little extras in there with like courtroom scenes maybe like flashbacks to like the um defendant or the um prosecutor like kind of like going at it um with like the information and then flashing back into the juror like maybe like something like that would have made the movie like just a little bit better for her that like it would have like caught her more um and then with a better ending for her like i i see what she's coming from um with those things so yeah i also respect though that it was like they had like the bathroom and the the jury room basically and that's the set that they worked with and they did a good job with what they had chosen to work with as far as the setting goes so like i still respect what happened but yeah i just felt like there's something for me there was something missing yeah no well then do you guys want to do um our ratings then yeah unless you guys have something else to add I don't think so. I mean, the movie was kind of short. Yeah. And with it all taking place in one room, there's not too much more to discuss plot-wise. Nope. All right, then. Well, since I picked first, um, I'm going to give this movie a nine. Um, I definitely enjoyed it a lot. It's definitely on my, um, like, with everything that we've watched, I always go back to Children's Hour, and I definitely think I'm going (laughs) to go back to this movie like those two for some reason just something like clicked with me where I definitely enjoyed it like I would watch it again with someone like I'm excited about this movie like those two have been so far my top movies I I, ha- I haven't had like a top five get, like list yet but um, Children's Eyes is my number one and um, 12 Angry Men is my number two so far um, I have yet to like fill up my top five list of everything that we've watched so definitely enjoy it so it's a nine for me i also was going to give it a nine i thought it was really good and i was going to agree with you and say that this was one of the better movies that we've watched i think for the the podcast um i i liked some of the the ones i picked i guess for the podcast because they were more action based but Mm -hmm. for the ones that you guys have chosen i think this is my number one i'm giving it a seven out of ten it wasn't my favorite like i said they i guess a bunch of times but like there was something missing in it for me but i do respect um the director's choices and what they decided to do um and i also particularly enjoyed like the devil's advocate questions um and kind of like how the evidence was slowly, I guess, slowly appeared or shown to the audience. Um, but yeah, so it's 7 out of 10 for me. Not my favorite, but not not bad. Not the worst. Yeah. No. All right. Then you can just jump into fun facts if you want, since Lena's not here. Okay. All right. I have six fun facts. I shared the one earlier. So I'm down to six. All right. So this movie was inspired by a real jury duty experience. Um, 
Reginald Rose, one of the most respected writers during the early days of television, served as a juror in a manslaughter case in early 1954. Naturally, as a dramatist, he noticed the drama inherent in the situation. He also realized that while there were many courtroom dramas, there were few, if any, set after the trial in the jury room. He wrote 12 Angry Men as a one-hour teleplay for CBS's Studio One anthology series, and it aired live on September 20th, 1954. Hmm. Um, it is also the only film Henry Fonda ever produced. The oh. actor saw the TV production and felt strongly that it would make a great movie, unable to find any producers willing to take a risk on it. A serious single-room drama in a time when colorful widescreen epics were in fashion, Fonda teamed up with the writer, Reginald, ugh, Reginald Rose, to produce it him themselves. Fonda wound up hating the experience, not the acting side, which he loved. He was always very proud of the film, but the business side. He hated having to worry about financial and logistical details and couldn't stand watching himself in the Daily Rushers, which producers, but not necessarily actors, are expected to do. Also, this movie has been remade many times in many languages. So Will William Friedkin, Friedkin, The Exorcist, directed an updated version in 1997 for Showtime with Jack Lemmon in the Henry Fonda role and George C. Scott as the hot-headed holdout played by Lee, Job, Lee J. Cobb in the original. But it's been remade more frequently in other countries, including Germany, 1963, Norway, 1982, India, 1986, Japan, 1991, Russia, 2007, France, 2010, and China, 2014. And the Japanese version even reverses the scenario where everyone starts out voting not guilty until one by one they're persuaded to convict. Okay. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I actually just quickly um, looked up the director because I think I'm going to um, watch some more movies from him for our list because I enjoyed his his directing and he actually was um the guy that directed the first murder on the orient express the one in 1974 so oh i've seen that movie and it's very good so there you go but yeah just to let you know i think he's gonna be more movies from him (laughs) anyways Mm -hmm. uh continue on all right so the film is also commonly used in business schools and workshops to illustrate team dynamics and conflict resolution techniques Um, i could definitely like see like a legally blonde moment um, with this uh, movie for sure. If you yeah. remember the the scene in Legally Blonde where she's like, "Well, why this sperm?" <laughs> type of thing. So I don't know. Um, about half of all the edits in the film are in the last twenty minutes. Along those same lines, Lumet and editor Carl Lehm- Lerner Lerner used editing techniques to increase the tension. The movie begins with a lot of long, unbroken takes, often lasting a minute or more without cutting away. As the conversation heats up, the cuts start coming faster and the average shot length gets shorter. Um, And whether we consciously realize it or not, the quick editing increases our sense of tension and anxiety until at last things settle down again and we can breathe again at the end of the film. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you guys noticed or felt those, you know, felt anxious or anything like that. Just a little bit. I didn't feel anxious, They're but I definitely for. noticed the 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 editing um for like tension. yeah, and that's why like even with the whole um the racist part where he like went on a tangent, and everyone like turned their backs. Like I think that's when it started, and like I don't know, I enjoyed the editing for this movie to be honest. 
Well, at the beginning of the film, the cameras are all positioned above eye level and mounted with wide angle lenses to give the appearance of greater distance between the subjects. As the film progresses, the cameras slip down to eye level. By the end of the film, nearly all of it is shot below eye level in a close-up and with telephoto lenses to increase the encroaching sense of claustrophobia. Mm. I didn't so. notice any of these details, but... <laughs> oh, really? I definitely <laughs> no, now I rewatched it. I would yeah. definitely pay attention to that. No, because like my, yeah. her talking about it is now like kind of like I'm I'm seeing it, you know, like maybe I, I didn't subconsciously like recognize it, but like I definitely now that she's talking about it, like I, I I can tell, and especially like once I don't know, I think the heat in this movie played a really big role because in the beginning no one was sweating, and by the end you can see like everyone that had doubt and had changed into like a different order of fighting it were the most sweatiest the most like unkept like i don't know like these small details are to me amazing i don't know i loved it anyways dressed out yeah <laughs> <laughs> well to end on our last fun fact it's not so fun uh with the death of jack klugman juror number five on december 24th of 2012 none of the 12 jurors from the film are still alive hmm taking it back to our first episode i see uh-huh. <laughs> is everyone I'm going to end on that one for you <laughs> i love that yeah they're yeah. all dead <laughs> yep r.i.p jurors one through 12 i have a question though guys what would you do you think that um this would have had the same reaction if it was a jury of like only women because i know how men like react and sometimes so i was wondering like what do you think like if we had just a jury of women would have been non-guilty to begin with and then they're trying to convince each other to be guilty or like do you think they would have been a quicker decision like i don't know like for me like i was just thinking like because i know how men are sometimes um that like i don't know i feel like it would have been very interesting to see like um the female perspective for this movie i think it would have started off more split Mm mm-hmm because just based on what they were presented in court, they did not give this kid a good defense. So I think there still would have been a lot of guilty verdicts. Yeah. I think women in general tend to sympathize more with children. And like, I don't know if they would be taking this more seriously. Like if we vote guilty, this young boy will die kind of thing. Yeah. I don't I think it's just like a motherly instinct. So I think it would have been split in the beginning. And then I don't know. I get, I guess if there was a juror like in this movie that persuaded everyone and went through the facts, I'm guessing they'd come to the same conclusion. I'm definitely like, I would I'd love to see that. Cause I definitely agree with you. I feel like it would have been definitely uh, a split decision and it would have been, I feel like more interesting to see. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being, hey, maybe my... one of the remakes were had females in it, but I also um, think that the, for, if women were part, like it was an all woman jury, I guess different facts may have either been brought up or the facts would have been brought up differently. And I also, with that motherly instinct, I feel like emotion would have played a, a role in it as well. Mm-hmm. No, I see. But anyways, um, let's go into, uh, is it a classic or not? All right. Is it a classic or not based on the following criteria? Acting, music, dialogue, attention to historical details, 
costuming, scenery, and did it have a cultural impact? Alyssa? All right. I definitely think it's a classic. Um, it like how you even mentioned it's in law schools. It's been readapted in a couple movies. Like you definitely have, I don't know. Like I personally think that this one is a classic just, just by the directing itself, you know, not even like the cultural part, like just the director himself did an amazing job. Um, the actors were great. I, I love this movie and it's a hundred percent classic for me. So. Agree. Classic. I will also jump on the classic train. It was, I see it as a classic. It may not have been one of my favorites, but it is, I, I believe it's a classic. I had not heard of, or maybe, maybe I heard references to it and didn't realize it prior as far as pop culture goes. But once I was digging into the fun facts, it's obviously had a large impact on not only like the U.S. Um, and references made there, but also nationwide, like across the world. So if, I mean, it's gotta, I gotta give it major props if it's even influencing like other countries to remake this film. All right. So next week's movie is going to be Lena's. And I believe that she chose Dogma. Um, 1999. 1999 yes so did you watch it yet um keisha or no i've seen bits and pieces we have it on dvd unless we sold it in our garage <laughs> sale last year but <laughs> i've seen bits and pieces i've never sat through and watched the whole thing all right so then let's do that because i think her decision to watch this movie was because of jacob's ladder um i think she said that jacob's ladder didn't do like justice to like the religious aspect if I remember correctly, that's what she said. So mm -hmm. um, she wanted to do something that's a little bit more, um, I guess, in that like um, range. So, yeah. Um, so I guess Dogma next weekend. And I'll see you guys then. All right. All right. Bye. All right, bye. 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 Hey, guys. Thank you for listening to the episode. I just wanted to remind you guys that we post every Sunday. So I hope to see you guys next weekend. Thank you. Bye.